0: Hello, welcome back to Let's Talk Title with Ember Coast Title Services. I'm president and host, Dion Moniz, and we have our director of operations and co-host, Ashley Bowen. Say hello.
1: Hi, welcome.
0: (laughs) So today, well, what is this, episode number 19? 19. uh, We're almost of legal drinking age with our podcast. Yep. (laughs) So a big party at episode 21, I guess. (laughs) We'll have some alcohol involved.
1: February.
0: Yes, exactly. We'll get the grand
1: manier ready. It's
0: been a good ride so far. We appreciate all 10 of our listeners watching (laughs) us. All right. So today we're going to talk about FERPTA.
1: What the heck is FERPTA? FERPTA is the Foreign Investment and Real Property Tax Act. So it is um, for foreign people who have invested in real estate in the United States of America. When they go to sell, um, they have to pay taxes because they don't get to pay... um, They don't pay regular income taxes and so they have to pay their capital gains taxes and this is the way that the irs is going to get their money
0: yeah exactly so um and the standard withholding is 15 percent of the purchase price yes and the gross amount the gross amount exactly and the intent behind that like you said is because it's a foreign person so the irs is going to make sure that they pay the proper taxes on that sale Um, what FERPTO allows is for adjustments to be made that we'll get into in a little bit later. So it's not necessarily going to be 15% by the end, but at least in the beginning, it's 15%. That's the most
1: amount that that they're going to ask for. And um, the IRS actually puts the burden on the buyer to remit those funds. It's the seller's tax, but they put the burden on the buyer, which is something that a lot of people don't really understand. The reason that they do that is because the seller is going to be somewhere in the world and Uncle Sam doesn't know how to track him down. He does know how to track down that buyer. So that's why they put the burden on the buyer.
0: Uncle Sam's going to get his money. Yes. So he puts his hooks into the buyer.
1: So when you're on the listing side um, and you have a a foreign person, a foreign seller, you need to make sure they understand that 15% of that money is going to get withheld or submitted, remitted to the IRS. And if you are a buyer's agent, you need to make sure that the title company knows that we have a foreign seller because your client is the one who would um, get taxed Right. if the title company doesn't collect.
0: And we've learned through some of our seminars with agents that not all title companies actually handle this which is kind of odd, but we as a title company do. So even though it is on the burden of the buyer, we take on that responsibility for the buyer. So as soon as we find out that there's a foreign seller involved, we'll actually start the the motions with the seller and seller's agent to do everything that's required under FERCTA. And we will hold that money in our escrow account and make sure it's properly dispersed to Uncle Sam uh, at the end. So so we will take care of that uh, for the transaction.
1: So first, um, let's talk about exceptions, I think.
0: Well, first, let's, there's actually, so there's two factors to determine whether withholding is necessary. And one is if it's a foreign person. And then two is whether an exception applies. Um, so let's first talk about what constitutes a foreign person. And the, the four main factors for whether you're a foreign person is you're a non-resident alien, uh, you're a foreign corporation, uh, which is an LLC or partnership that's domiciled outside the United States. Actually, in Florida, an out-of-state LLC is considered a foreign LLC, but they're talking about uh, companies. Actually
1: foreign. <laughs> yes.
0: Actually Not foreign. in the United yes.
1: States.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, a foreign trust also qualifies as a foreign person. And then if it's a single member LLC that's actually in Florida, but the single member, the sole member, is a foreign person. So those are the four. Uh, um,
1: but there is maybe a come around to that. Um, if you have a single member LLC with a foreign person as the sole member, then you could add a U.S. resident to your LLC as a member. And then it FERPA wouldn't apply at that point. If it's a Florida LLC with one resident of the United States and one foreign person.
0: Right. Yeah. So if it's a multi-member LLC and it's at least one of those members is a US resident, then this doesn't apply. If it's a single member LLC and the only member is a foreign person, then it applies. So yeah, that might be a way to
1: get get around it. Absolutely. Worth a shot.
0: (laughs) And so let's talk real quick on what constitutes a non-resident alien. So you can be a resident alien if you have your green card, Right.
1: Or meet the substantial presence test, which states that um, you must be physically present um, at least 31 days during the current year and 183 days in the previous three years. So you have to like live here a majority amount of the time.
0: Right. Right. So on the seller side, if you're a person you believe is foreign, um, if they have their green card, they're good. But even if not, even if they don't have their green card, let me say that right. there's still a possibility that they could meet the test and qualify as a resident alien uh, where FERPTA will not apply. so that's something to talk to us about, and yeah, um, we can
1: help come up help figure out if if FERPTA is gonna apply or not based on everybody's individual tax liabilities needs, like do they pay taxes? Do they have a tax ID number? Typically, if they do, they pay taxes, and this may or may not apply. But we need to look at each case individually.
0: Right, and so one of the things we do on the closing side is we have our affidavit that sets out they're not a foreign, they're a, they're a U.S. resident or whatever, uh, and it goes through the criteria. And as long as that's executed by the seller and we believe it to be truthful, then that.
1: Right, but we ask them. them right at the very beginning when we get a contract, that's the first question that we ask is to a seller is, are you a U.S. citizen? If the answer is no, then we automatically have red flags and we know that we need to um, ask some questions. Right. Also, FERPTA um, does not apply. Another exception is if the um, property is less than $300,000 and it is going to be the primary residence of the buyer, then we don't have to withhold anything. If the purchase price is between 300000 and a million dollars and it's going to be the buyer's primary residence, then we only have to withhold
0: 10%. Right. So that's a perfect segue into our exceptions. So now if you have a foreign person, then you move on to whether there's an exception that applies and that will kick out Ferta. So the first exception is the personal use exception, which you just talked about.
1: And if that's the case, you know, we find out I just this week had um, a property closed. It was subject to FERPTA. Um, It was a between three and $400,000 condo. Um, my first question to the buyer was, is this going to be your primary residence? Hoping that it would mm-hmm. be so that we could um, either reduce the amount of withholding or remove it altogether. <laughs> um, but they weren't. It was primary. But if the buyer told us that it was going to be their primary residence, then we have um, a form that we would have the buyer sign saying this is going to be my primary residence and so it's not subject to FERPTA and that's something that we will keep in our file for seven years and we will pass it along to the realtors so that they can keep it in their file for seven years just cya
0: okay so the cool thing about the personal use exception is doesn't have to be the buyer that's going to use it for the personal residence it can be members of the family
1: yes this form says um I have definite plans that a member of my family to include brothers, sisters, ancestors, descendants, or a spouse or I will reside on the property for at least fifty percent of the number of days in the year.
0: Yep. So if any of that applies and they sign the affidavit, then we're good to go. So again, if it's personal use and the purchase price is less than three hundred thousand.
1: There's zero withholding.
0: Zero withholding. If it's over three hundred and under or up to a 10 percent. Yep. So keep that in mind. All right. Yes. Next next up is, uh, so the the general procedure um, for when the application has to be filed, how long the IRS has, and then how long we have to pay.
1: Right. So there's, I've had it happen both ways where the seller, I'll ask the seller, do you want to um, fill out an application to get the amount of withholding reduced? Do you think that you're going to, have you already paid enough taxes that you're not going to have to pay the full 15%? I've had... Um, where they said we shouldn't have to pay the whole thing. So right at the beginning of the process, I fill out an application, send it to the IRS. It has to be um, sent on or before the closing date. It can't be sent after the closing date. Um, The IRS then has um, 90 days to act on the application to send me either an invoice telling me how much that we need to remit or telling me that we owe the whole amount and then we submit that to the IRS. And that's if, not
0: appealable. Whatever that comes out as, that's what we have to go by. That's
1: what it's going to be. yeah um, So we were withholding the 15%. Yeah. If the IRS says you're only going to owe us 12%, we'll submit that 12% to the IRS, and the remaining three goes to the seller, just like any other escrow holdback that we would do.
0: And we have 20 days from when we get the IRS's determination so we to have disperse. To mm-hmm.
1: Otherwise, we're on the hook for the
0: whole amount. true. So Ashley, have you ever had a situation where the IRS did not respond within 90 days?
1: I have not yet.
0: Okay. But
1: we have one coming up on, I think we're probably at about 60 days right now. So within the next 30 days, I'll let you know if they respond or not.
0: We might have to update our audience in the next podcast episode. Yes.
1: And if they don't respond, then we're going to submit the whole 15%.
0: Yeah, I think it's a default that if we don't hear anything within the 90 days, we just have to disperse the full amount. Mm -hmm. Uh, So hopefully the IRS responds timely. (laughs) Keep you updated. So again, just to summarize for uh, our audience, the reason for this application, and a lot of times the sellers will actually use their CPA to handle this because the CPA is already handling all their tax stuff. Well, and if
1: the CPA knows that they're paying taxes on different businesses that they have or, or other properties that they've sold... Um, I, don't, I think that there's probably a cap as to how much taxes, they, how much they can tax the seller in a year. And so that's why we have the application. Some people are going to owe less because they paid more somewhere else. And that, that's why we do the application. Right. Because those that don't pay any taxes, the IRS is going to take its whole 15%. Yeah,
0: exactly. And it depends on the tax basis in the property, which is where the CPA comes in to explain the tax basis is different. So again, we start at 15%, and hopefully through the CPA, uh, the seller can get it whittled down to something lower, and then we wait for the IRS to tell us the actual number that we're going to have to pay, and that's what we have to pay, Mm -hmm. and we have to pay that within 20 days. So what happens, actually if you have uh, joint sellers for a property? So let's say husband and wife, and the husband is a foreign person, and the wife is a U.S. citizen.
1: Where do they file taxes? Do they file jointly as a married couple, as husband and wife?
0: Well, actually, it doesn't matter. So under the federal law, if you have joint sellers and one, let's say there's two, two sellers, one's a foreign person, one's a U.S. citizen, split it in half. It's prorated. So instead of 15%, it's basically seven and a half percent,
1: right? From the the foreign partner's proceeds? Yes. So we're withholding 15% from
0: 50%. You're you're withholding half of what you normally would. If there's three sellers and only one is a foreign person, it's a third. If there's two that are foreign persons, it's two-thirds. So it's prorated based on the number of foreign people in the uh, transaction versus the total number of sellers that are conveying the property. All right. Well, actually, I think we've covered everything for today, so that's going to wrap it up for this episode. We
1: did good. Um, so we're going to put um, a copy of our cheat sheet here on the screen, as well as in a link below, so you can download it and for your records, um, a nice little cheat sheet.
0: Yep. Smash that like button and uh, let Drop us. Drop
1: us some suggestions of more topics if you want to. Um, that you want us to discuss.
0: Yes, we'd love to hear more stuff that you want to uh, be educated on, real estate topics, title, law, any of that good stuff. And uh, if Fourth, you'd like to join us.
1: You want to come be our guest?
0: Yes, we'd love you. We'd love to have you. Uh, so it's not just me and Ashley time. Mm. So um, in the meantime, uh, everyone, I hope you have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. This is probably going to air after Christmas, so I hope you had a good Christmas mm. and a Happy New Year. Uh, and we'll see you next time.
1: Yep. We're looking forward to a great 2022. Yep.
0: Take care. We'll see you.
1: Bye. Thank you.